Welcome back to another explicit measures explicit measures episode. Welcome back. <clears throat> Trying to use the words. Welcome to the there. explicit measures podcast. My name is Mike, and this is oh sorry. <laughs> Welcome back with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Here we go. Jumping into our topic for today. Actually, just kidding. I, I got a quick opener here, so I got you guys will get a kick out of this. So the other day, I was driving around with the family in the car, and I had mentioned something in passing, like da 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 da. Oh, yeah. And I, I was having some trouble with the website, my website, something along those lines. Like I was, I was fixing something on my website and, she, and my daughter goes, you have a website? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like powerbi.tips. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, you know, I have like a, a lot of websites, like multiple oh, websites. No. She's like, you have multiple websites? I was like, yeah and and i'm just dying in the car i'm like thinking to myself how did you not know this you're like 11 i've been talking about this for like and they and they tease me about power bi tips they tease me about the podcast i think they only think i have a youtube channel (laughs) no way so she's like i didn't even know you had a website yeah that's pretty much the name like i said power bi dot tips is the website address you go to the website she's like I've never even gone there. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, what is that? A prophet in his own home is never taken seriously or something like that? Or I mean, to equate yourself to a prophet is kind of lofty. Well, that, that's it, yeah. Not really, but I'm just saying, like, you know. <laughs> yes. Guy who created the yes. website, his, even his oh, own kids oh. don't understand he made the website. Like, <laughs> you I mean, can do that, Dad? Yes, yes, I did. Your, your family can always just, they can always make you humble they they did you, they humbled me you humble keep you humble right? exactly right who cares how many you, followers you, you have, have on youtube you have who cares you have a whoops yeah 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 whatever dad Me- then, meanwhile my son is like dad how many followers do you have yet have you have you hit them have you hit a hundred thousand yet <laughs> are you there yet dad i'm like dude you just gotta let it kind of grow like you just can't push it to the end like He's like, you're so close, but you're not there yet. I'm like, I know. I'm checking it every day. <laughs> Be quiet, please. I don't want you to talk about it anymore. Making me stressed out. Anyways, f- fun interactions with the kids and actually them learning that I actually do something other than sit in the basement and talk on the camera all day long. So apparently I do other things. In that. That's hilarious. Anyways, good stuff. So we'll jump in. Topic for today. Uh, Tommy, give us our topic for today. What's our, what's our main topic here? Yeah, so I feel like we've done this one in, in a, a lot of different lights, but I think there's, I will always continue to hammer on this where when we're looking not just at an individual, right? When, when we're thinking about where skills are, what people know, can I, can, hello? So the way you're laughing, did you, did you really just, a, you know, you really exactly. just start the segment? I think we've done this one multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not a great day, is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's not going to be anyone listening. I'm pretty okay, sure we're... there's a new spin on this one. Yeah. What, what's what's the topic um, though? Like sorry. before you can start giving us the what are we talking? What what's the top? What's the main topic for today, Tommy? About many times before. We we've talked about skills and the idea of the skills, right? Okay, skills yes. matrix. Yep. What kind of skills do you need for Power BI? Yes, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Skills need, yeah, 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 kind of thing. But I think there's a problem, and I think we continue to have this where, especially now with fabric. Uh, where do those skills either expand and how much overlap is there? And then is there a need to actually measure it? Okay. Okay. So 
I'm with you. So yeah, let's you know, let's add fabric into this mix. Okay, fine. I think in general, organizations have no bearing for what skills they have. Cause and I think this topic really came from the amount of interactions I had with companies. And then I listened to them how they talk about their people, like what they're what they're talking about. So let me give you an example. I'll Can walk into a conversation and pause, I'll I'll be talking to the company. You're giving me head nods? No, I, I said, can I pause, please? Because I don't think we've actually stated what it is we're talking about yet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're talking How, about Seth, today. give us the topic for today. <laughs> today, today, rewind to Tommy's segue. What are we talking about today, Tommy? Today, for the third time, we're talking about measuring organizational BI skills. There How we go. You measure That's the topic. intelligence school within an organization. Sorry. Right, back to you. I, I, I thought I said the topic. <laughs> okay, good. Just didn't want our followers, listeners, to be completely confused. All one of them that are left now. Pretty sure you are, no matter what, as to this. So let me give an example of where I think there's a disconnect between what organizations think they have versus what they actually have. Mm. So an example of this would be, you go on a phone call, you say, hey, let's talk about Power BI. Who do you have building things inside your company? And like, oh yeah, we have we have data models. Okay, what is that? Or we have a data set. Okay, can you explain to me what you mean by data set? It's in the warehouse. Are we talking about Power BI? Are you just talking about general terms? Or you know, hey, we'd like to we'd like you to come do some training for us. Can you can you help us train some Power BI professionals or you know some pro some you know elite Power BI people? Yeah, what do you want to do? We want them to go to the website and build a web report. Like, we're, there's there's different degree. There's no bar. Yeah. There's no measurement stick that I can put against this and say that's not that's not the level we're talking about. When you're talking like Power BI professionals, we're thinking like you're doing data modeling, you're building reports, you're building multiple pages, you're doing like bookmarks, fancy things. Like, there's different scales or lenses of what this looks like. And I think sometimes when companies talk about their talent, they don't actually know what they're measuring against. And so when they say, we need a Power BI developer, what kind? Do you need a report builder? Do you need a data modeler? How do you measure that? What skills do they need to be to be a level 100, a 300, or 500 in that category? And I don't think companies have a good way of measuring where they're at. So let me just or pause they, there. That's, that's kind of my they thought. Just, or they just don't. And I, like, I, I want to be cautious here because I tend to agree with you. However, we're not bashing people, right? No. Like the intent here is not to be negative. Not at all. But on the flip side of that, this is your negative even, comment. Even when we are interviewing for folks who should sure. be Power BI professionals, yes, we still get people coming in that open the tool and say they know Power BI very well. Huh? And and it, the reality is, is like <clears throat> there's a lot of it, right? So in an organization, there, but there, as you were describing that, there's buzzwords, Mike. Warehouse, data warehouse is one of them. A data how set. You, how do you build one of those again? Hmm. How, Power BI. Incremental uh, refresh. What do you what do you know about Power BI? Yes. Everything. Really? That yeah. I mean, I can do I can do it all. Mm-hmm. 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 And I, <laughs> Seth, you and I have been very sneaky in some of these interviews when we've done some of these together. We've said, hey. Please rank yourself. Here, here's a topic. Yeah, let's talk well, about, let's, this is a really, this is a, another telling thing that I think I found when doing interviews with people. Hey, do you understand Power Query? Yes, I understand Power Query. Okay, 
uh, can you explain at a high level what is it there for? And they usually do a great job. Here's why I'd use it. Here's it's for the business user. All these things, yeah. you know, a couple good bullet points. I'm like, great. Rank yourself and tell me out of you know out of a, a one out of seven, seven being like the expert level, and one yeah. being I've just barely opened the tool. Tell me how you rank. What what level are you in that space? And you actually yep. have them score themselves on a scale. Are you extremely competent or are you a basic user? And usually so, what I find is they overvalue their rating. Yeah. Um, just just a, a, since we seem to segue into interviewing people all the time, which, is, which I suppose is a good thing. Um, one, of the adjust, one of the adjustments I've made that's been really powerful is uh, I used to uh, pick all the topics I wanted to talk about and have them rate themselves across mm -hmm. those, that spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore. Oh, interesting. Um, I take it section by section because after the first two, for sure, if they start at an eight or nine by the third one, you tend to get down to reality because what happens and what most people don't know is like when you rate yourself really, really high, you mm -hmm. skip all the easy questions and we yes. go right into the harder ones yeah. because mm -hmm. like the, the point is, is like um, if you're interviewing somebody well for a position, I think you should have the same standard questions for every candidate, provided they're in the realm of where that candidate role would be. More advanced questions for more for higher roles, a little less advanced for, for less, because you're trying to get an understanding of where they're at. You're not going to dump the super advanced questions at people who are like the junior BI position or something like that. True. But if they think very highly of themselves, even after cautions, they quickly realize that they're in the realm that they don't know. And then they, you start to get a, a I think, start correcting their numbers. measurement because yeah. at the same time, like they're in an interview, somebody's trying to pull forward their best. They want you to think totally makes best, sense, et cetera, et cetera. And you're combating a little bit of that. And I think that's, that offsets it <clears throat> and brings it back into just a real conversation, which is what anybody wants because we're trying to get to know you trying to understand your skill sets and where you would plug into a team. Yep. You don't have to know everything, right? Yes. But I think I think what's important in this part of the conversation is you're going to have that in interviews. You're going to have that for people that have gotten through interviews, call themselves BI Power BI professionals. <laughs> and yet, if they were, they wouldn't be contacting you, Mike, for training. Right? Right? So maybe they may use Power BI, right? But I think that's where it is important as you go through this kind of journey of like understanding the BI skills within an organization, can you measure folks or at least say, Hey, um, here's a skills matrix. Where do you guys rate yourselves? Right? Like, and mm -hmm. then have a follow-up or something, right? You can do this in forums or quizzes or whatever the case may be to kind of level people up. But I think it is, it's like, it's worthwhile, especially if you have a lot of BI practitioners to figure out like which ones are your champions, which ones are better than others. And, and a measuring stick of some sort, I think, is something that is very useful as opposed to just taking people's word for it. I want to pick on your point there. Where does the measuring stick come from? Who defines stick? Powerbi.tips, matrix. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually been, I mean, I wrote, I, I wrote a, a skills matrix a, great a, long, a long time ago. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and we can paste that in the chat. But there's also been, um, I think, a revitalization of that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, in J, 
a park it, who's uh, put, yeah from put, put one out recently yes. um i think there was another one i've seen where people are enhancing and building with new skill sets like so skills matrixes are great like from a individual perspective yes um i think on a higher level as well you could probably use some of the um uh like data literacy comparison things <laughs> out the um matrixes data yes. camps got one i really like but that that covers a lot more than just people um and it it leverages it kind of dives into infrastructure also the people the tools and processes with the and just what the organization is because there's a lot of components to whether or not like just uh whether or not business intelligence is going to operate well within your organization there's a lot of components outside of just individual people skills right Thoughts, Tommy. Did, did, did so we pull you too far off topic yeah, here for what you were no, no, no. originally going? You've been so, quiet. What I'm, yeah, because I, I've been actually really been going through this. So maybe I did think of this question initially. Um, but how much are we measuring on the skills? And I think that's where we always seem to focus. Mm -hmm. Yet that can be such a, I don't want to say like a, a catalyst for something failing, but man, if you just had someone take a standard test, look at this data set. But their ability, especially in organizations where the, the maturity is low or they're just starting off, it's very hard waters to navigate. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's not less, it's not like you're like walking a tightrope and you know the dangers. You just kind of are. I'd agree. Going, yeah. Yeah. I like it this way. When I started learning Power BI, what I build now is way different than when I started. And I made a lot more mistakes. Right. My power query steps had a lot more repeating steps. Right. So it was almost like not that it's not that I got lucky, but it was more like I'm I'm kind of like walking across a busy highway and I'm just happen to not get hit by any cars as I as I as I wander across the highway. Yeah. Right. And occasionally I build a report where, oh, no, maybe I get bumped by a car and, and that report gets run over because now it's a total mess. Right. The thing breaks. I have to stop what I'm doing. I've got to go fix it's an emergency. I've got to go fix something because again, I wasn't watching where I was walking, right? Now that I'm a bit more seasoned in what I've built with Power BI, I know where the pitfalls are, right? Now I'm looking for like the crosswalks. I'm now looking for like where, you know, waiting for the traffic to stop and then trying to cross it. There's there's certain steps that I'm doing now as a preemptive or a planning step that I do more in front of my reports so that the output of my reports or the output that I'm building is more consistent and repeatable over time. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> Tommy, you make a really good point because it's the transition from, in my mind, a large organization with a lot, like probably a higher data literacy, data, data mm -hmm. literacy right? Yep. Where you have a lot of BI skills and you're trying to figure out like, who's my creme de la creme versus like who just says they are, or hey, you're walking in and you're gonna do a training for 50 people, right? Like who's, who's who, how, right? Yeah. Versus I think where, um, what you bring up is is probably more ground floor. You're not going to throw tests or matrices at people who don't really haven't done this stuff before or just dabbling. <clears throat> Correct. So what I think I've found that's been probably very useful and by nature, I think you guys are just doing it is you start co-coding with people. You co-build mm. co reports. Yes. And, and <clears throat> not only are you like uh, working with business, right? business, yeah, business people, interaction right 
most of the time they know they know something about Power BI. They at least yeah. know that there's the Power BI desktop and how to start building something. That's hey, huge huge on you. You're five minutes to wow. Yep. Um, but after one session, you pretty much know where people are at. And we talk about that in interviews. Like if if you could only do a practical interview, like it says a lot about the skill levels of somebody, et cetera. And I think one co co coding session is more than enough to evaluate the skill sets of somebody and kind of stack rank them in in what their abilities are or where you would need to to get them to be, depending on what you're trying to do with the organization. I, I like your approach there, Seth, and I think that's a really good way of kind of like. I, again, I think we're talking about data culture. So, mm. you know, other other some other techniques around this is where things I think fit here. Maybe where where I'm trying to take on some of the conversation is okay. Wait, okay. One, you need someone on your team or someone you hire or somewhere to assess the skills of the team, right? right? Because if you don't, so the challenge I think I see is we see I see managers showing up with a department and say, "Oh, my team knows Power BI. They told me they know Power BI." Well, what do they know? And so we don't really have this baseline consensus saying, well, why are we building one model to one report all over the place? Everyone's doing it. Well, obviously there's a miss. We're not trying to reuse. Is anyone using certified data sets? No. Why are we not using that for your central BI team? That that's those are these are things that we think yeah. we would want to leverage as like best practices. So to me, I'm looking at it going, okay. You need someone to step into that situation and start saying, okay, I know some best practices. Let's apply those. And a great and a great place to start would be look at the Power BI adoption roadmap because that's a lot of like, there's a lot of people-based things. There's a lot of process that you may or may not have. And there's a lot of technology pieces that you're not used to incorporating, right? So how, how do we leverage that inside an organization? So that's a great starting point to measure your team against. And if you haven't even read that, you know, I, I was talking with someone recently and they were like, wow, you know, we have so many reports in our organization. Well, well, tell me about the reports. Well, they're not using Power BI Desktop. What are you talking about? You're using Power BI, but not Power BI Desktop. What's going on? And they're like, oh yeah, we've got like hundreds of reports. I'm like, they're, and they were describing to me, we're using a program like Power BI Desktop? It's like, no, 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 the other one. The other one? Oh, you're talking about Power BI Paginator Report Builder. You're talking about Power BI report builder. Oh. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We using we're using that. So what had happened was everyone thought they were using Power BI, but we were building a whole bunch of paginated reports. And I was like, let wow. me ask you a question about your your let me let me ask you a question about your tech stack. Are most of your BI developers coming from SSRS? Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so they were so the idea we found Power BI. We were wow. able to build someone built a cube published it and everyone's like okay now we can build and publish and email out our reports directly from power bi using all you know report builder i was like oh this makes so much more sense now yeah and and so to me like they were thinking like oh yeah that's that's ground zero like we're good we know what we're doing now but there's like all these other areas of of influence that they're missing right so they're yeah. you know they're not using certified data sets we're not looking at like workspaces we're just trying to pump out reports and get them in and email them to people. I'm like, that's not really what I think we're trying to do here. We're really trying to build some more self-service pieces. So there's like more conversations coming around how that's transforming their business now. Cause now they actually are like, Whoa, there's a lot more of this world that we didn't understand. We didn't even know that was yeah. there. And so now the question is how do we take our existing people, identify the people that are strong and start educating them in the Power BI desktop way. 
in building reports and building other things that are also adding value to the business. And I think that's where my conversation comes from with this. That's where I think about, right? I got to know where I'm at and I got to figure out what to do to push me to the next level. Yeah, it's, man, there's, there's so much in there. I think, I think that speaks to the unbelievable value of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, ultimately it's driving at, at the leaders, like the one, there are two points in here. One is as you were speaking, I think what's really important is having someone that is managing people or, or, or having a technical leader, whether it's the manager or at least in a technical lead role where they have influence over a team because just straight management in a technical space, you're not going to get that mm-hmm. you're, to a lot of what you were describing. Yep. The other, the other part is even if you are a technical lead and you are thinking about strategy and implementation and all of the parts of Power BI, that's what speaks to things like, I think this podcast or other things related to staying up to date, mm-hmm. staying up to date on what's coming out there, staying out up to date on like fabric and what that all is entailing because six months from now, the conversations are going to be wildly different, a different, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, so those two points resonate with me, very large, but it also drives to like a third point where you could be a technical person you could be kind of keeping up to date, but are you managing your day well and your team? Because that's very difficult to do, it, especially if you play multiple roles. Oh, you totally. Know this like you guys, you guys, you guys run your own. You're your CEO, your HR, your you're, you're the developer, you're the architect, you're the you. You play. Tommy like gets a lot of roles. complaints from HR. That's all right. to say that right now. <laughs> HR is constantly whining. We've we talked about this. <laughs> so, so I think I think. Even even in recent conversations, one of not my pet peeves, but I think one of the challenges is just to manage that in a day, let alone a week. Yeah. And I've uh, one one of the methods I've done. We 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 talk about the the practical parts of people wanting more practical things. Oh yeah. Out of our yeah. What's some practical? What what can you do right now? Yeah. One one of the things I do or have found in in terms of managing that is is separating out what my responsibilities are. De- developers execute, right? That's their job. Mm-hmm. They, we, we create environments for them. We create work items and all the requirements they'd ever need. And their job is to just knock it out. But that is not your job as a manager or not your only job. You could have a bunch of things to execute on a day, but you also mm-hmm. have to do all the planning, right? Mm-hmm. You have to plan the next sprint. You have to plan what's coming up. You, pro- you may have more or bigger role than that, which also dovetails into strategy. Are you always doing planning and strategy? No, but by separating these things out, like execution is my bullet list. It's it's the things that are coming in all day long, every day, and they get put into like my check. I'm a checklist guy. I'm a checklist like yeah, I, into my checklist. What? No. And there's there's planning, which is a separate section, and strategy, which is the other, and and having those in a place, however you manage yourself is important to have it in in the realm of like it's in the mixer so you're consistently interjecting some of those longer term things with planning you're consistently integrating things like strategy and and that's how you kind of maintain to some degree i think the business requirements and needs on you and your team and, and individual versus like how you go about implementing power bi are you do you know everything about it Right. Power BI. We're 
bam, came in. We're gonna we're gonna use it. Would 15 minutes of searching about Power BI lead you down the road to make you understand that paginated is not the only thing it can do? Mm-hmm. Just saying. It may or Maybe. may not, right? Maybe. So it's like it's yeah. those things I think that are important to as you level up in any realm, it becomes uh, like it should become more ingrained in you because you're you're making bigger decisions and you're leading teams and leading people, which I think plays a lot into measuring organizational skills within an organization because you have more of that influence or you should have more influence. So maybe the point here is can you measure organizational BI skills with the leaders running BI? Your, your question begs another point that I'm thinking about here is how can you lead if you don't know where you're going, right? If you're a leader of a Power BI department, you need to be talking with other leaders of other Power BI departments, right? How am I, you can go on site, you can go online and read them, or you can learn all this yourself, but you also should be talking with other people who are doing what you're doing, Yeah. right? If I'm a developer of Power BI, I'm learning from Daniel Marsh Patrick on how to do better Deneb. I'm learning from Tommy how to do whatever Tommy does whenever he does things in Power BI. I oh. got to learn something from him because he's doing all these crazy, like he's million, he's like million, millions of notebooks and like, look, I got these PowerShell scripts and I've got all these Power Automates going. So I got to look at Tommy and what he's doing and like learn from him. I got to learn from Seth. Like, how are you doing planning and strategy? Like, I feel like I'm always trying to find other people that are in the same realms that I'm dealing with and making sure that I learn from them because I realize I don't know everything. I can, I can know a lot of things. I can put a lot of pieces together, but I need other people to kind of help along with that. And that goes for a leader of Power BI. It also goes for the developers too, right? That's why I follow all these people on right. LinkedIn and stuff. I would never be a better report builder if I never saw Miguel Myers blow my socks off with his reports in our user group. I mean, it pushed me to think like I was, I, my little mind did not fathom what this report should look like. Armand, uh, Armand, uh, Van, Van, I don't know. Armand, he's a guy on LinkedIn. Yeah. Knocks my socks off. He's, he's crazy good with his reports. His reports are, I can't even, when I look at a report I'm like, what are they, what visuals are they even using to make this happen? I know I'm looking at something good for real. And that's where I'm like, I need, I want more of that. I need to learn what they're doing so that I can figure out how do I, I need to learn it. And then I figure out how to apply it. But you're always trying to seek out those people that are better than you. And I think that's important. And if you're building a data culture from a leadership standpoint, you need to bring people to your organization who know more than your people do, or you need to push your people out into the world and say, go find time to figure this stuff out. Well, or, or, or even provide that, right? Like, um, in it, what you're saying to me speaks a lot about community, whether that's one that you build within, within your organization. And that I think is one of the the best things you can do, which I look forward to doing is, is building a culture of having a community of people that learn you're opening the doors and you can, you know, um, bring more people and level them up. But at the same time, like it's community is such a, huge factor in sharing ideas like you're talking about Mike and learning mm-hmm. from other people yeah to to absorb all of the things and we, we had this conversation related to a specific area right like where um I I definitely used to be the person that was like I can do that I yeah I, it's not impressive. I can do that I could I could figure that out yep and 
And eventually you realize, yes, you could with the amount of time it would take that person who spent two years doing it and, and making all the mistakes and perfecting their craft and doing all that, giving you the shortcut, right? That is why you pay for trainings or skills. Or exactly right. And now like you can level up quickly because people are going through that very long pro- process and make and doing trainings we just we just give it for free on the podcast <laughs> Look, that's why anyway i keep plugging us which is good i suppose um it's funny that you're plugging no, us there's there's the channel like they're no, already you know listening why. to us you know why you know why because i we've we've talked about this as well i find immense value in these conversations oh i do 100 percent right? all the time in the chats that that are coming through in different perspectives and i think that's what the value of creating or leveling up skills within an organization related to business intelligence starts with having conversations like that all the time. And the more you can have them, the better off you are. So bringing those into, you know, uh, an organization is even better, but like it's the community aspect. Are people engaging with it outside of the community is a huge indicator of their, of their current skills and their learning mentality. But it's also like, I think something leaders can do within an organization to increase the skills. What do you think? You've been kind of quiet here. I don't know we've yeah, been not letting you talk enough here, but give us some thoughts from Tommy. It's late. We're all doing fine. Honestly, the, the biggest thing is I, I've been going through this and how can you actually when measure that? Like we we're saying, oh, yes, they need to learn. Um, there still needs to be something that they're going to be, uh, at least to say, is that person good at what they're doing to bring people along? Right, because someone you may have say someone has charisma, but they don't follow mm-hmm. through. Um, I don't want to get too outside the scope here, but if we're talking about measuring the organizational BI skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I need to know that I'm going to trust this person to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't think we should measure that. I don't know if we should measure that because honestly, a lot of organizations don't really even focus on their their own team doing that. But there's something to be said in terms of. I'm looking for that skill in a very specific way when I'm looking for someone to be the champions. Like there are a few, and I hate to do the old baseball scout where you just know when you see it, but you are looking for that um, person who's always wanting to learn. Like you want to see that passionate person. Even Microsoft's documentation uh, says that find someone who's passionate um, and not saying that's a be all end all, but I, I thought it was very interesting that you use something so subjective in the adoption framework, mm. but it's true. Um, and it's really true in terms of there may, you can't measure passion. I don't think so. Um, but it's important the things that you are looking out. I think for. there are signs of where passion comes. I mean, if you couldn't, if you couldn't measure passion, you would not have a Microsoft MVP program, period. I mean, I think the people who are doing Microsoft MVP are passionate about what they were doing. And I think if you talk to a lot of MVPs, they'd still be a community contributor with or without Microsoft's mm. vote of MVP. Yeah. Right? If if Microsoft said, Michael, you're talking bananas here. You're done. Like You're done. You're done. You graduated. You graduated as an MVP. You're done. You're out. If they told me you're out, I would still be doing the same community things I'd be doing now because I just enjoy it. So... You know, I don't think you see everyday employees. And again, I'm talking, I'm going to speak for me myself because I can't speak for everyone's passion and what they're good, like what they love to do, right? I would work nine to five, do the work thing. And then I would spend the evenings and extra time 
going back into the tool and figuring things out. I built an entire website on like in, in nights and weekends around Parbiata tips just because I wanted to share with what I was doing. So I I took initiative to go above and beyond my daily workflow, knowing that if I spent time learning this stuff, I could be more effective. I could add more value. And there's there's a there's a message I've heard in cult in companies that is just a very it's a very strong it's like throwing water on the fire, right? When I start hearing people say, I don't have time to learn something new. Yeah. And therefore I just continue to do what I've been doing in Excel or whatever. We're not slowing down to say, is there a better way? And to me, that just goes against every thread in my body of like, I don't have threads, but in every bone in my body, let's try that. Every bone in my body, let's not mix analogies here, but every bone in my body tells me if there's a better way, I want to focus on trying to build the better mousetrap, build the better thing. So I could be faster, more efficient. I like doing that. I enjoy efficiency. And so I don't know that that was my, my statement to what you were saying there, Tommy, but I, I do want to come back to your, your comment there, Tommy, like you mentioned the power BI champion. I, I think, I think if you asked a number of people in different businesses at different skill levels, what is a power BI champion? They would have drastically different definitions of that. So let's, let's do an experiment now. Tommy, how would you define a Power BI champion? What are what are th what are, th <laughs> what are three I know what are three characteristics that you would, don't don't even like have to do, what are three characteristics of saying if I saw these three things you would likely be a Power BI champion? Right. Okay, never mind. I see. I I thought you were going in another direction. With okay, that. I'm like okay, but um, no, I think one would be immense the immense skill that they have in Power BI. It's well known. They're the person that people go to or have always gone to about data questions or sometimes just even computer questions where they're the go-to person and they're always helping out. Um, number two, it is that seeing that passion where you get that random Teams message like, did you see the new update? Mm -hmm. um, or or the, having the conversation like, what can this do? And they're talking to other people about like, oh, do you know there's bookmarks and just kind of spreading the word. Um, and I think that three, they're sharp. Um, and they're incredibly sharp and they have had a conversation or that passion's coming from not just their own skill set, but seeing what the impact it can do. So they want to have an active leadership role. Okay. How would you define Power BI champion, Seth? Would you, I'm, would having, you... I'm having a hard time equating what I first heard you say, Tommy, which is like evaluating people on skills and how passion plays such an important role in that. And then we start talking about like the people that you're looking for in an org and you go almost to the opposite end of the spectrum saying they're the best at it and they're the sharpest this, and passion's it, yeah. part of it. But the other two key things you had in there are like they're, they're already well on their own journey of learning Power BI. And to me, those like are completely disconnected because passion without the skill set is probably the vast majority of what you have to draw from as opposed to especially in smaller mid, mid medium-sized orgs where you're interesting so I'm, I'm a little disconnected right there did i misunderstand well, you no i i will that's kind of what i said at the end where honestly a lot of organizations don't measure soft skills regardless and i was even saying the things that, as i was saying um 
like as much as we would want to measure this to see it like the impact i don't know if it's possible and, and that's why i said sometimes you just know if someone has it obviously you would see the only thing you would focus on was what they were doing in power bi but i don't think you can measure the the passion no absolutely so not. i'm not saying that right like what where i get hung up is on the skill sets because i don't expect technically is it does a power bi champion have to be the best as it relates to skill sets like are we are we are they teaching the business unit are they the ones that are out there promoting promoting what's their job promote the use of, of business intelligence and power bi or is it to be the technical experts of the organization or both and, and that's a great that is a great point but a question, i wouldn't necessarily need i'm asking yeah. for like your definition of the champion I would definitely say that to your point, they wouldn't have to be the smartest Power BI developer in the room. Okay. Because in to answer your question, Mike, initially my levels of expectation throughout, I, I think, younger orgs is, is not going to rely heavily on the technical expertise. That mm -hmm. is what my team is for. What, what I would be looking for are people that have already shown enthusiasm for for power bi right mm -hmm. they're, they're they're trying to use it already right they have a learning mentality where i can engage with them and they learn or a team mm -hmm. member can engage with them and they don't make like the big mistakes or they're solving their own problems and the ability to execute if you're going to engage if we're going to identify you as an individual that is i think we're going to level you up right in an organization it's it's that hey if if you're requesting help and we help you, um, but we need something from you, are you giving that to me the next day, or is it a week from now, or two weeks from now? Because you're you're too busy, and I think that speaks a lot to somebody who wants to learn or really engage in a new technology, or a new something, where their enthusiasm is driving a lot of their efforts, which will just continue to build in that Power BI realm, and they'll become stronger and stronger in solving the data problems for their business unit. And my team is there to help engage them further and get them deeper engaged in the tool set so that they become more advanced. And that's where I think skills matrices are a good thing because they finally get into a realm where like, okay, well, in your business unit, what are the biggest things you see? Well, why don't you focus here on these leveling up these skill sets as opposed to, you know, trying to boil the ocean. So did you give me three things that you were thinking about? Like, so if you had identify a power champion. Learning mentality, ability to execute. Learning, ability to execute, okay. Okay. I, I'm, oh man, I'm so, I'm digesting all these things. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. Okay. So here's where my head goes on where I think a power BI champion or how I would identify them in my company. In the, in the Power BI admin portal, and again, not everyone has this, but you can go in there and there's now a report that's called uh, Feature Usage that's inside the admin monitoring portal. When you go in there, they have a, I, I think it's called the, it's the decision tree. It's the, it's the, um, the decomposition tree. You can build a decomposition tree. And what I've been exploring recently, especially with organizations, is once they have this open, we can go into that report and we can first report, let's just count the number of activities per person, right? Here's your email address. 
let's see which user, even just all the activities that are happening in Power BI, which users have the highest amount of activities? So I think a Power BI champion is one of those users that have a higher amount of activities in PowerBI.com, purely measurable. You can literally say, these are your people, these are the people that are that are producing the most activities. Now, champions might also have a higher mix of report creation or data engineering or data building activities, as opposed to a user who comes in and just views a lot of reports, right? You may have a user that just comes Absolutely. in and views a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So I would also kind of put priority on, on that as well. And so from my perspective, one of my things would be is engaged with PowerBI.com, right? They're providing... They're interacting with it a lot, enough so that we see their actions bubble up to the higher part of my company. Those are the kind of people that I think I want to engage with right away and figure out what they're doing and how can I help them? Because if they're doing so much engagement with PowerBI.com, they're likely going to be helping other people or other people know they're doing a lot in Power BI already. So that's a good place to start. Another area here is I think a champion is asking their admins for more control more features, more workspaces. So, you know, another area or data point you could put on here is which users are hitting up the help desk to ask for things? Where are those coming from? Are you getting Power BI related requests or, or asks or questions that are coming to the help, to some help center? To me, that's another measure of that would be a good champion. And Tommy, to your last point, right? You just know when someone's like a Power BI, you just know, right? I do think there's some quantitative things you could do to make sure that you can confirm that you know. But what I would say is there's nothing so telling as saying, here's a sample data set. It's very simple. It's a star schema. Okay, I'm going to give you the data set. Just show me what you like. Let's, let's, to your point, Seth, earlier, let's peer develop, right? I'm going to start, yeah, I'm going to ask you to build a couple things. Just try and make some things happen, right? If I can just watch you move your mouse around the desktop, I already can know if you're familiar with the application because if I say make a measure hmm. and your cursor fumbles around where to go find to make a measure and you don't immediately go to the table, right click, make measure or go to the, like there's many places you can do it as long as you know where to go to make that thing happen. To me, <laughs> that tells a lot about like your experience in the tool yeah. and and that would be like, I really look for those in, in, in people and you know when someone's having problems, I really like them driving because it it really tells me, even when they ask for help, hey, I can't do this thing. I can't make this measure. Okay, great. Show me your screen. And then I start not barking out commands, but say, okay, open the data model. Can't do that. Okay, go find this icon. Go over here. Click this thing. Like if I have to narrate you through, I know you haven't spent enough time in the tool. And to me, that's like, that's not a champion. I'm looking for someone who knows how to just kind of jump through the hoops and knows where, to, and again, it's less pressure if you're just kind of co-developing together yeah i think there's one caveat to there um okay. which, which would be you know occasionally now um pulling pulling some folks in and saying like hey uh, I, I need you to make this visual and change this property and then going i just i don't know how to do that anymore be like oh you must be an old school power of the universe <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> anymore now. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know where it is. <laughs> like I used to. How do you make a visual? I don't even know. How do you how do you get a visual a page ribbon now? now or... A ribbon or is it a button or do I right click? I don't even know. You have. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I do I do feel like the the new on visual editing is 
interesting, but it definitely has it has level set everyone again. We're, we're all back down to ground zero again and figuring out how to build visuals from scratch. We went we went really basic here, and it it pulled me back here a little bit. I do like your measurement. Like you you were very measurement focused in your criteria. You lost me. <laughs> like you just know. Like wow, there you go. There's the canyon of uh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Ambiguity. I appreciate that. Well, very specific you, measure. Very specific measure. Well, it's just no. Well, it, and I, I was, I was trying, I was trying to throw, I was trying to throw a bit of a bone here because I was like, you just know because I've watched you, I've peer developed with you, right? There, there is a you, you observe what's happened. So that's more of the fuzzy one to me, right? Can you, can you watch? Like, have they given you a report that looks good? Have they, when you peer develop with them, are they, are they showing you things that are more complicated, right? If this person's whipping out bookmarks and switching visuals on bookmarks, okay, I know we've got some more skills here, right? That to me, that indicates that they're a bit above an average user. I would like you're an advanced user if you're doing that kind of stuff. Like realistically, like you don't have. I would say more often than not, mo you're going to lose. You're going to lose straight business people by dumping in a sample data set. <laughs> like if you can use their data, which sure. they know very well. Yep, I think they succeed and they would be able to show you the technical skills that they've learned while building things for their data set. Oh, I would say I would say look at their power query steps. You can you can tell a lot by how many there, how many can. steps exist you, in power you query. You absolutely can. Uh -huh. Did they use power query above and beyond oh. just connecting, right? Are they are they trying to do everything in DAX? Everything in DAX. That's a good point too. Did they um, create relationships between the tables that they... What kind of relationships? Them? Right. Are they bi-directional? Are they like many-to-many? -many? Like what's going on? Well, it's also like indicators. Pretty quickly, quick, yeah. pretty quickly by looking at their DAX. I have some. I have a really complicated <laughs> DAX thing I figured out uh, from mm -hmm. online. From chat GPT? Like, yeah. Like okay, show me what. 20, show me it. 20 lines long. Like, oh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, these are really good points. So you just you just know that that's what you just that's a, those are the things you just know. But that, that this is my point with this whole conversation is the whole point of this is if you don't know what you're looking for, you have no way to measure them, right? We know these things, but right. we've gotten stuck in these problems. We've done we've done the hard work and like we got stuck. Like we know not to do it that way because we've done six, seven different problems that way and it didn't work. So like that's that's this is where I feel like there needs to be a better solution around, okay, as someone who doesn't, is not a Power BI expert, how can I get the, the gauge, right? I feel, so if you, if you become like a, a statistics black belt, right, there's a standard there, there is a, there is a program that you can go through. And if you are a black belt in statistics, you've taken these kinds of courses, you know, these kinds of things. And when you leave, you should be able to answer these kinds of questions. I feel like we need something like that for Power BI because not we can't assume every manager of Power BI understands the entirety of Power BI and can accurately gauge the skills of their team. One other thing I'll throw out here too, just one other comment. I might be shifting gears a little bit, right? Let's just say you've been able to gauge your company and let's say you're, you want to educate more. The next question I think is, what have you guys found as far as what techniques work to start engaging people and getting them to start upskilling to the next level? What does that look like for you? Like, is there any techniques that you've done to kind of help push people over that edge so they either start learning themselves or, you know, th the skill of the team starts increasing? 
Any thoughts around that one? I really like that question. It's honestly, it's consistency um, okay. that I've seen is regardless of the practice, obviously there's some practice better than others, but it's starting early and staying true to how you're doing training or how you're uh, communicating to people. And eventually kind of people either see the value or they're going to come to you where they know where to go. There's not really like one thing I think you can do for the majority of people where you're just going to wow them away. And there's going to be this lightning bolt that I don't think that generally is going to happen to the, the general, um, larger team. But what do you do? Like, but if, what, what yeah. are the actions? Like, Hey, we've identified Mike. He's at the company. He's just using powerbi.com to build a couple report pages, couple matrices, couple tables, and then he exports them. Right. Okay. We know where he's at. What, what do you do to engage that user? Like they want to learn, they want to do more. What do you do? What, what is, what is the weekly or monthly thing that you do or have done that pushes that person to the next level? Dude, it, it is it is me finding whoever my boss is and letting them know, look how amazing this is. I just connected to this while wow, we're going to spend time. It's there's a, it's just making the time argument um, in terms of like, do you know how much time I'm saving right now? But you you may not have the luxury of being able to talk to uh, like a vice president or someone in the C level. But if you're just showcasing to it with if you're already doing BI and you're trying to get people on board. Stay consistent with asking for a request, make yourself busy, and then keep showing your uh, your your superiors on what value this is already bringing, how much time is already Maybe saved. I misspoke my question there. I'm, I'm not thinking about the relationship of me, the individual, right? I'm thinking about me, the organization, right? Me, the company, right? I'm a lead of a Power BI team, and we have many people on the team, mm -hmm. all at different skill levels. Yeah. So or, let me or throw, beyond the team, right? Or or, or, or more to the business team, yes. Right. Okay, so let me give you one example that I think works pretty well. I think having a leader communicate, hey, we're, we're putting together a program around training and education for people in Power BI and yeah. bringing in experts or looking at what you have and encouraging your experts to communicate on a bi-monthly or monthly cadence where... The, the leaders or the technical leads of your Power BI environment are showing up and saying, hey, did you know this? Hey, did you know this? And I, and I do think because Power BI changes so fast, I think having an intercompany meeting at least once a month, even for 30 minutes to an hour once a month, is really relevant, if nothing else, to go over the new features of PowerBI.com, yeah. right? Yeah. There's going to be new icons showing up. They're adding new features. What are the new things that are coming down the new, pipe? New, visual, new visuals. New visuals. Like there's yeah, yeah. new visuals showing up. Like there's actually literally brand new visuals and how, how do you use them? Has anyone spent the time to go, did you know you could do this now with these new visuals? So I think there's a that there's an investment that I think that needs to be made at the leadership level that actually commits to, we will spend real people's time to educate them. And it may not be a big meeting, but there needs to be some investment from a time standpoint, time like you were saying, right? We've got to commit some time, a lunch and learn, free food, whatever that is, get people there and then start talking about Power BI with them. And then if you continually add value in those conversations, they come back. That's what that's why light that's why um yeah. Power BI user groups showed up. Well, and I think like that speaks to building your a community in, True. in your organization, right? Yeah. You do that around providing valuable information in condensed ways or training opportunities or et cetera especially if it's during company time. <laughs> right? But I, I, I think there's 
like there's three things that stand out to me in that in that uh, question as well. One is, um, are you as an organization opening up opportunities for people to be creative in solving business problems? Part like understanding data and how to manipulate it and merge it and put it together in Power BI to solve business problems is one of the strongest skills of a BI practitioner. <laughs> and for a business user, learning them is invaluable, right? So, yes. but I think a lot of the times they don't know that it's there or they're not encouraged to go figure out how, like there's this, uh, there's this big problem we have. Yeah. You're so close to the weeds. You may have the solution that none of your other people know or okay. you have a unique approach and yeah. you can go do it. The other is like from the leading aspect for people on the team, but especially externally to business units, I think it's really important to Tommy's point to be consistent in, mm. in letting them know that you're there, being an unblocker for them, right? Like mm. one of the most frustrating things, and you guys all know this as well, when you're in learning DAX, my God, that can be so frustrating when you're like, you're just stuck and you just need this measure and you're, you've spent an hour or two on it and you can't figure it out. Unblocking people, walking them through the salute here, this is how this works, yada, yada, whatever, and then they move on. Um, but the caveat there is not being the easy button. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to hurt a little bit because it's through that pain that you learn. You learn. It's, it, you don't learn when you just come to me. And yeah. we're just solving all your problems. And you're not going to skill up if people don't work through those challenges and start to figure things out for themselves. And then, like, I think the most important one, along with, like, solving the business problems, is as leaders or managers, if people are doing that, promote the solution and provide recognition to those people. The mm. higher up that recognition goes, the more they're going to be innately driven to keep solving those problems for you. There's, there's a carrot stick here. It's, it's not just, hey, I get a lot of satisfaction out of learning these skills. People who are driven or going through the efforts to learn, engage more, provide more value to the business, recognize them. There should be a, like a value string on the other end of that that goes above and beyond just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to learn this to learn it. And it's fun. <laughs> it may be. That's true. But, but a big motivator can be, oh my gosh, like I did this stuff. My manager passed it up and the director now knows that like I have this report and now I can share it and we're going to build on it and then we're going to iterate because it's solving these problems. And there's a lot of value that can come out of this organic work. Otherwise, we wouldn't be pushing a lot of that organic kind of data literacy and all this within an organization if there wasn't value for the organization that everybody was leveling up and making better and better and better decisions because that's what we can do. Mm, I really like that. That's really good. I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, so be consistent was a good one. I think I threw in there. I'm just taking notes here so I can like uh, use this later in my consulting. <laughs> so, <laughs> schedule, schedule monthly meetings. Write that down. Schedule uh, monthly meetings. But you have to be the easy button. <laughs> I am the easy button. More often. Well, it's, it's, as I would say this. As a consultant, sometimes you want to be the easy button. Yeah. But off, But sometimes also you walk into really stupid designs and you're like, this is just junk. You need to throw it away and start over. And, and so it's just, it's un, here, untrained. I can come in and just, I walk in and I can say, here's the easy button, do this. It solves your immediate problem, but we haven't fixed the issue, which is 
you're pulling a thousand Excel files in yeah. from random places and Excel users can edit however they want in the file. So there's no consistency in the data. Like it doesn't happen. So like, to me, that's the struggle that I find here is like, I, I struggle to find like sometimes, yes, I can be the easy button. Yes. As a consultant, you're paid to, for time and your, your time. But on the other hand, I want to just be a consultant. I just want to show up and give recommendations, and walk away. I don't want to have tasks and action items at the end of the stuff. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to show up and be like, Hey, this is what you should do. Fix it like this. See ya. Don't you people for that? Don't you do that anyway? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I can actually find that out. Hey guys, I solved all these problems. Now you go do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I like it when I go into a meeting and, and the client has more homework than I do at the end of the meeting. That, that's when it really works out well. So anyways, <laughs> awesome. Well, we've, we've talked through a really good topic. I think um, aside from our bumpy start, I think we, I think we did a good job kind of aligning on, you know, how can organizations measure their talent or their skills? And kind of towards the end here, we talked a little bit more around like practical things you can do. How do you be consistent? How do you identify your champions? How you can invest back into your people to help them educate and learn and give them recognition for things that they're doing. So I thought those were really good topics. With that, we would like to say thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your time. Uh, this was a another good episode. If you like the content you heard here and you want to share it with somebody else, if you're not embarrassed to share it with anybody else, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, please share it on your social media. Talk to it someone else at work. See if anyone else listens to the podcast. Actually, ask around. Hey, have you heard this, this Explicit Measures podcast? I'm learning so many great things on there. You should... You should spend a little extra time leveled up, <laughs> leveled up using the podcast. So uh, that being said, uh, I do want to say thank you all very much. And we really appreciate it. Uh, if you like this video, please give it some comments down below. Let us know what you're thinking about this topic. Uh, it really helps the interaction and engagement with the, with the platform. Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? Well, you can find it anywhere that's available. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, really helps us out a ton, especially if you subscribe to the, our audio. Have a question, idea, or topic that you want us to talk about in a future episode, head over to Power BI Tips slash the podcast and, or slash podcast and leave your name and a great question. Join us live every Tuesday and Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central, and join the conversation with the rest of the community on all Power BI Tips social media channels. I mean, you don't have to ask a great question. I mean, we'll take some mediocre ones. Well, if no, it's a I, dumb I, question, we're definitely not answering you. it. Like, if it's a dumb question, we're it's out the door. Like, we won't even... Just kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll at least read them. At least Tommy will. I don't, know, I don't know how many questions I read all the time, but we'll read all the questions. I added, I added that because of you last time, because... <laughs> I said, make sure to leave a question. I said, leave your name. Oh, yeah. We were going to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, know who you are. And you were like, oh, don't forget their question. I'm like, they're, they're <laughs> just, we get a whole bunch of comments. They're just Rob, Bob, <laughs> Tommy. Thanks. Tommy. Thanks, guys. TP. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all so much. We'll see you next time.